Songezo Mapete on SAFM. 2106, hashtag health on Monday. It's that time and we are focusing on hospital heroes. Medical practitioners, healthcare workers and their support staff face insurmountable odds caring for those with COVID-19. And of course, by simply being at a healthcare facility, more especially at this time. Many of their colleagues have since lost their own lives in the process. The cycle of care is absolutely daunting as it is relentless. The exhaustion, sadness and quite desperation for many is utterly undefinable. It is for these reasons that Hospital Heroes Movement was founded by three individuals who saw the need to recognize and reward the Herculean efforts made by the frontline healthcare and medical staff at hospitals all around the country in the face of COVID-19. Hospital Heroes aims to raise funds to be able to buy refreshments to distribute to medical staff at hospitals, initially in the Greater Cape Metropole, then now nationally in order to lift the spirits of doctors, nurses and support staff as they toil through the long and lonely hours of caring for those compromised by COVID-19 and generally those in the healthcare system because they can't be at home looking after themselves. To realize their efforts then, the trio has since partnered with the gift of the givers to handle donations and logistics in purchasing the goodies and distributing them. A feel-good story, but a feel-good story about something which is in many respects remains tragic. Good evening then to one of the co-founders of Hospital Heroes, the movement that is Ms. Kilona Radia. Kilona, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much for having us on the line. This is what we do for people who do the things that you do. <laughs> It's an absolute wonderful honor to be here. It is a great honor to have you on the program. What moved you? What moved you? Or when, rather, whatever that moved you, did it move you? I'm asking this question because I had not realized something to do with ultimately the work that you do when listening on one of our stations. The question was, what do you healthcare workers or frontline workers wish we who are not in that space knew, or what do you wish we could do? And one of the healthcare workers who responded to that on the radio said, we just wish, and I'm sure she was speaking for herself and many others in her position, that our kids, who in many respects have lost their parents, though alive, to the many hours and the quarantine and all the protocols that come with being a healthcare worker in COVID-19, family and families are since neglected. Just spend time with our kids, drop off a prepared meal, do homework with them, take them for a walk. The things that I cannot do by the virtue of the work that I do. So many things we take for granted in this world after hearing that story. Oh, absolutely. So I am the wife of a healthcare worker and just seeing the hours that they spend and the harshness that they face on a minute-by-minute basis and the long hours that they're toiling just really moved moved me. And I said, you know, how do we, what do we do for you? How do we make your day that little bit easier? And it was just a little token and of a gesture of thanks and a token of appreciation and recognition for the efforts that they're going through. And also something to just nourish and show them that they are loved. And that's how we started this. So Dr. Bray had a initiative over Christmas for all of those workers that sacrificed their time and effort looking after others while not being with their families and 
had a co-sister drive and we did the same at Shrutisky Hospital on New Year's Eve saying many people are out there trying to spending time with their friends and family mm. celebrating the new year in yet they've had the harshest 2020 ever or the harshest year ever which happens to be 2020 mm. and so here they are bringing in the new year but they're working through the night and so it was just a tiny little token of appreciation to say you know here's some cake a nourishment uh, energy bar a uh, bottle of water to keep you sustained during that time period and initially we thought such a small gesture mm. but the response has been it's not about the gesture it's about the fact that the communities have recognize them and they're appreciating them and they're coming out to say thank you in whatever way they can and that could only be helpful for the mental space that the healthcare workers would be in because for the most part you refer to the fact that 2020 is the year from hell and worse how then has the mental state of healthcare workers been in the general sense in this country and what sort of challenge post covid would we invariably have to deal with given the traumas that they are having to deal with where nobody else can you know it's a very very difficult space for the healthcare workers they are working tirelessly and every second of their day is spent on trying to save someone's life communicating with nurses, pathologists, doctors, ICU physicians, anesthetists, intubating, coordinating special meal requests, trying to liaise with families, consoling families, communicating, you know, uh, our news to 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 families that may bring great distress. And so with that comes a great sense of, you know, uh, emotional exhaustion. And with that comes the fact that you know they don't they're giving off every single bit that they have and they don't take care of themselves there's very little time for them to even take care of themselves many of them don't even have time to even go out to the bathroom so i think that you know there longer term effects there's a longer term view on all of that and i think we all we need to do right now is that as they bring through the peak period is to do whatever we can to just put a smile behind those masks and lift their spirit in mm. whatever way we can. And there's an implementing agent behind the work that Hospital Heroes the movement does. Thank you so much for your thoughts so far. Do stay on the line we're going to continue the conversation with you Ms. Kilona sure. Radia. Let me have a conversation now with the unofficial MEC for Health in the Eastern Cape Province, Dr. Intias Suleiman, founder of Gift of the Givers. Doc, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. Thank you very much, Angelo. You've done great work in the Eastern Cape before Hospital Heroes movement came along and that's just the nature of you and your work as well as the organization Gift of the Givers. There simply is never too much work for you guys to do because you just carry the load. Tell us now about the experience so far in working with Hospital Heroes movement. It's fantastic. It's something that we we've been doing, you know, it 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 just came naturally to us, but it's something that we've been doing for some time now. It just wasn't very official. we started off at hospitals in Gauteng because the first wave came there you know there were the first hotspots early, early, early in the year around march april so we had done simple things chocolates sweets juices water to hospitals in that area we spread to some hospitals in eastern cape and in uh, western cape and then one of the big companies gave us shoes 
and they got shoes to the nurses in Western Cape, and they were highly excited. And then they prepared you know, packs, uh, gift packs for, for nurses at, at clinics and hospitals. We did that. Then sometime late in the year, somebody came and gave us a whole lot of coffee. I'm just taking it around to the different areas. And then a few weeks ago, we had a major uh, distribution for almost 1,200 healthcare workers at Mitchell's Plain Hospital. Then we did something at Livingston and a, a little, also towards late last year. But all those things, it doesn't matter what it was. Even at Livingston, uh, one day the bikers, the, the, the guys who go on, on bikes, they were doing fundraising for a, for a feeding center of ours, for four feeding centers. And we know two days before that, we had spoke, spoken to the doctors, or the, the, the guys in charge of Nelson Mandela Bay Metro and all the COVID-19 facilities run from Livingston Hospital. And we spoke to them on the voice, without even actually seeing them. We, sound, we saw they sounded so down that we wondered what happened to them. And it, there was no fire, no life, no energy. Like everything was gone down. So our team said, you know what? While the bikers are going around to drop off the food stuff for our soup kitchens, let them take a pass, drive past Livingston Hospital and just tell this medical staff, we are here to acknowledge you. Wow, what an impact that made. They just drove there into the hospital and all the nurses and the doctors came out and those few minutes of, of being celebrated and, and re-energized them. Mm. And so when, when this program came on Kelowna and uh, their, their team, we just said, you know what, but for the last few weeks we've been promoting the idea, even to the public, you don't have to do it through an organization. If you know nurses or doctors in your area, they're your family, they're your friends, just phone them. Just tell them thank you. You know, the stuff that we're giving them, they can afford it. It's not things they can't afford. It's, it's not expensive things. They can afford it. But getting it from someone else to say we recognize you, that is priceless. Ultimately, this speaks to the very foundations of who we are as a people of Africa. Ubuntu, the expression of appreciation, the recognition that I am healthy because there are healthcare workers out there who, in the instance of them treating those patients who've got COVID in hospitals, are making sure that that individual comes back healthy such that I can continue enjoying my health and expressing myself the way I might prefer. But of course, the institutions of state in many respects don't lend the kind of support that should be there for the purposes of making sure this enterprise of healthcare is a healthy enterprise. Hence, Hospital Heroes Movement, hence Gift of the Givers and many others who work with you. The question then has to be, what is the relationship, Dr. Suleiman, that you have as these organizations with the public sector for the purposes of complementarity as opposed to competition? Because it isn't competition. We have we have a fantastic relationship, you know, San Diego, but with all the health department, but the, it is it just it was just a groundswell movement. You know, we started off there. We of course we've got the same kind of relationship with health facilities throughout the country. But Eastern Cape stood out especially because it was affected by many things. First of all it's got a drought for since two thousand and fifteen. So people had no water and we've been busy with for for, for a long time with bowls and providing water. So we, we highlighted the difficulty in, in, in the province. Then food. When the lockdown came, the province that got hit the hardest was Eastern Cape. Mm. And, and sadly, today, the mayor of Pedi passed on just this afternoon. And we went to her area. And it, 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 we highlighted there that kids were eating clams to survive. And later mm. on, people were eating cats and dogs. And then lizards <coughs> and frogs and tortoises to survive. 
So we highlighted hunger in the Eastern Cape, and we started a big rollout of food parcels and and uh, feedings, you know, um, soup kitchens. And whilst doing that, then the COVID itself came, and the hospitals were overwhelmed, and a lot of hospitals weren't really prepared. They didn't have the infrastructure, although there's some really beautiful hospitals in the Eastern Cape, but quite a few of them needed abduction blocks, and almost everyone needed PPEs, and, you know, not once on repeated grounds. And we've done it. We've gone through cycles upon cycles upon cycles of PPEs, not only in the Eastern Cape. We've supported 200 hospitals nationwide. <coughs> and, of course, then they needed pulse oximeters, and then they needed non-contact thermometers, and they needed scrubs. So while we're doing all that, and at a time when you're in a real crisis, we build a fantastic rapport on everyone. I remember quite often, before we get there, the CEO would say, you came just in time. The nurses were about to go on strike because there was no PPEs. <laughs> and, when, and when you come inside there, there's no animosity. There's no friction between the CEO and, and, and the nurses. The moment you see the PPEs, everybody's good friends again. Everybody wants to work again. And why I say that is we, as, as the second wave came, we said, look, Nelson Mandela Bay Metro, I'm using only one example, easy, but I'm not going to give you examples of the whole country. You don't have enough time. So Nelson Mandela Bay Metro is falling apart. There's just too many patients coming from too many hospitals. And, you know, there's a limited amount of doctors and nurses. And when they get sick, it means one guy off the system or one woman out of the system. And as more of them get quarantined or more of them get sick and many of them pass on, there's less and less people to see. There's more and more people that are coming from everywhere. So we said, you know what? We need to decentralize this. Let's keep the patients away from Nelson Mandela Bay Metro. And then we started with Bushy Hospital. We put 120 beds there. We went to Settlers. We found two wards. We upgraded them at a cost of 750000 in five days. And we said, put 20 more extra patients here. It's high care facility. And then, this is the part I want to emphasize. The medical staff, as Kilona told you in the beginning, they're exhausted. They're finished. They're drained. They're running out of energy. They're at high risk. They can't be with their families. But they said, you know what? Let's open these extra wards. Let's see the extra patients in our own hometown. And Willowmore came and said, I'll open another ward for you, and I'll put 15 beds. Can you give me 15 beds? I said, yes, I'll give you 15 beds. And then we came to CPAP machines. And they said, we'll give you one CPAP machine for oxygen delivery, for every oxygen point you have. They said, we'll open up more beds. We'll put up required oxygen points. And like that, you salute these healthcare workers who took on extra responsibility of seeing patients in their town by increasing beds, doing extra hours work, already, already short staff and wanting to see more people. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. It is, they, Doc. They, Let me interrupt you there quickly, please, because I have to take an ad break, which is scheduled for now. But we're going to continue in having this conversation of hospital heroes with Gift of the Givers and Hospital Heroes Movement after this. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.4 FM in Durban. On SAFM. We continue the conversation in celebrating Hospital Heroes with Ms. Kilona Radia, who's the co-founder of Hospital Heroes, the movement, as well as Dr. Imtia Suleiman, founder of The Gift of the Givers. And I said it tongue-in-cheek, but the more he spoke, the more it was less tongue-in-cheek and probably more akin to reality. I said he was the unofficial MEC for Health in the Eastern Cape. After hearing all that, he may as well be. Kilona, let me come back to you because ultimately... 
you are appealing to a higher ethic in terms of the relationship society should have with those in service of that very society. And specifically right now, the highest calling in South African public service has got to be public health care and private health care, but public health care, especially given its challenges. One of the things you would have engaged and probably where the next bit of your work might evolve to is the health care standards and related compliance. I'm not necessarily asking you to go to town on that. But the more you engage the professionals, the more this kind of work that you do is going to be taking place, the more your work is going to evolve into some institutional challenges. How then do you see your work evolving for the purposes of ultimately ensuring that the healthcare facility is a place where everybody has franchise? We have started Hospital Heroes really as a, a small initiative to support people during this peak period. How it's going to evolve, I am not certain. We are on a day-to-day basis evolving and changing. But what we do definitely recognize is that there's a great need for support for the healthcare workers in so many ways, Mm. whether it is um, uh, uh, infrastructure support, uh, logistical support, uh, uh, additional staff. um, There's so many different ways. Uh, you know, their own their own well-being. And many of the hospitals have got well-being uh, programs that have started, which I think is going to be so essential for them moving forward. Those are the things that are actually going to uh, resonate with them and support them through this, through the post-COVID period, really, um, to, 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 to reconcile the experiences they've had during this time period. And I can see ourselves as, as, as hospital heroes working towards that is, is to really find those spaces where we can support them as much as we can through post-COVID and thereafter. Let's take a call from Anonymous in Durban. Good evening, Anonymous. Good evening to you and good evening to your guest. And I, want, I must say that, you know, the gift of the givers, we're very, very small. Today, they're very big. Uh, because people have big hearts. That's why they named it after the people who give, gift of the givers. He didn't take, uh, uh, you know, the credit for himself. Dr. Inthia Suleiman didn't take the credit for himself. He gave the credit to the people who give, you know. And, um, and, and he's been started very small and now he's big and he's been helping so many people. He doesn't look at color, caste, or creed. He assists everyone. I like the new initiative by the lady um, uh, who uh, contributes to the hospital. You know, I wish businesses could contribute to hospitals because in my hospital that we go to, the adult eats the same food and the child with a heavy flu eats the same adult food. And I think uh, dietitians should go to the hospitals and check what food is being eaten by the, uh, the ill and uh, unhealthy people. Thank you very much, Thank Anonymous. You. And I think you do speak to a point that I was trying to probe previously. And that's a question of health standards, Dr. Suleiman. You probably, as a medical doctor yourself and one who's worked in the healthcare space for as long as you have, you probably can speak at length in relation to some of the challenges now that you've been exposed to over a long period of time that you wish the public function of the regulation of healthcare facilities, particularly from a standards perspective, where is it desperately in short supply or where does it desperately need to improve so that your work might be less intense, which would then speak to the development of the public healthcare institutions? I'm not going to say anything about the private healthcare institutions because the mandate is different. 
there's there's a lot of things to look at. You know, there's a lot of things to look at. For the first of all, the, the staffing. You know, the quality of the of the managers and administrators. A lot of hospitals lack. They have good people. They're very good people. People who you know are keen to do things, but some of them don't have the skill. That's 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 one of the key uh, issues in running health services throughout the country. If you don't have the right kind of people who have integrity, who have honesty, who have admin skills, who are forward thinking, you're going to have a problem. It's not everybody is like that, but there's a problem in a lot of hospitals. Mm. You need you know that so you need a medical management. You need good nursing management. You need rapport between the two sectors, both the medical, the nursing, and the admin. Then you need additional staff. Now, one of the biggest problems pro-COVID, pre-COVID, was a lack of staff. And we were told the lockdown was there to prepare the health facilities. And to me, or to be honest, that wasn't done. Because if that was really done, we won't be having the burnout that we're having now. Mm. Because there just wasn't enough staff. And not like that we didn't have enough people in the doctor in the country. There were so many foreign doctors in our hospitals, but they haven't been registered. And they're waiting for years for that to take place. We had so many medical students studied overseas and came back. They could have been registered, even if for temporary registration. Because to look after COVID, you don't require great skill. You know, you require simple things, checking oxygen, checking blood pressure. And you could, uh, paramedics are doing the job already. We've put 19 of them in Livingston Hospital. So, yes, you, you're not, do not take away your skill that you're a mm. doctor. You, mm. you don't need much skill. But we had all those assets available, which we didn't use, which we could have implemented. You pass a law that says national disaster. Disaster means everything is overrun. It's overrun. You change, you make decisions in five minutes, you run an emergency situation, you change the rules, you override the rules because it's for a temporary That period. word can be abused though, and it has been proven to be abused in this country. Yes, but you can use it in the, you know, in the right way to make sure if systems are implemented to benefit the people mm, and hospital I agree. You know, So, lack of staff. Then, lack of infrastructure needed upgrading. Equipment didn't come in time. PPEs didn't come in time. Scrubs didn't come in time. There was a shortage of medicine. Forget that the normal situation of COVID-19. You hear from so many hospitals, hospitals and clinics, call you, we're out of medicine. It hasn't come in. Patients are waiting for chronic medicines. We haven't had food. What the lady called now, we, we, uh, there, was, there was a lot of videos about hospitals in different parts of the country where people are not adult getting, a child getting adult food, just not getting food at all. You know, it's all those kind of issues which have to be... COVID-19 has exposed a lot within the health system. There's a lot of things to be fixed. It can be fixed, you know, and, 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 and of course, I'm so heartened by what I've seen, how people have come to the fore, both in hospitals, to tackle the crisis when they're exhausted, when they don't have enough manpower, they don't have resources, they try to make a plan. And with that kind of thinking, we can really, really improve the system, but they need the backup. They need to, they have to, we have to show them, the country has to show them, government has to show them, we are with you. And if you do that, I think we're going to change the system around very, very efficiently. I've got all the energy now to just get up and get going and do something. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. MTS Suleiman, founder of Gift of the Givers, an organization that simply deserves every accolade there is, not least among them, the Nobel Prize. Final comment then from you, Ms. Kilona Radia, because you did mention at the beginning that you are a partner of somebody in the healthcare space. And this is probably as good a time to bring the conversation home. Ultimately, we are talking about human beings, human beings that we love, who have kept this country going despite all the challenges elsewhere. But ultimately, 
the serious inroads that we have made as a people in fighting the scourge and spread of COVID-19 owes itself to somebody somewhere and you have a particular relationship. Say something to your partner. Say something to the people in your partner's position that we love them. Speak on behalf of the people. We are eternally, eternally grateful for all the time, effort, sleepless nights, stress, pressure, everything that you have gone through and can we do we will do everything to lighten that load wherever we can help however we can help please call out because this time period has been harsh so if you need a helping hand someone's hand to hold please reach out to everyone reach out to the people around you beautifully said thank you so much for your time Ms. Kilona Radia, co-founder hospital heroes movement that was Thank you hashtag. very much to the gift of the givers, too, if I may. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Cinnamon, we would never be, have been able to pull this off without the support of your phenomenal, absolutely amazing organization. So heartfelt thanks to you and your phenomenal team and super efficient team. I must say they function at warp speed. Thanks, Kilona. Thanks to all the listeners and thanks to everyone for the support. And thanks to the presenters and to the media. No, it's all collective. We all work together for the benefit of the people of our country. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We are in this together, people. 2132, that then was the show, specifically the Health on Monday segment. We are grateful to our health care workers. We are grateful for those who support the health care workers. The very least you can do, even if you have nothing. Say thank you. And when you use a healthcare facility, be kind, be polite. Exercise a bit of patience. You don't know what that person who's dealing with you is otherwise dealing with. 2133, good night.